and welcome to Chatty AF, the anime feminist podcast. Today, we're starting our watch-along of the shoujo series, Yona of the Dawn. My name is Caitlin, and I'm a writer and em- editor for Anime Feminist, as well as writing about anime for The Daily Dot, and my own long-neglected blog, I Have a Heroin Problem. Today, I am joined by our own Peter Fobian and special guest, Gabriella Ekins. Uh, I'm Peter Fobian. I'm an Associates Features Editor at Crunchyroll and a contributor and editor at Anime Feminist. Hey, I'm Gabriella Ekins. Um, I write for Anime News Network, most recently for the Thunderbolt Fantasy Season 2 daily streaming reviews. Yay. All right. Doing yes. God's work. <laughs> and I gotta say, some of the most interesting and high concept preview reviews on the site have been from you. Your pop team epic reviews were just like, I'm gonna take this show's weirdness and I'm gonna throw it right back Yeah, at those it. reviews nearly killed me. It was fun doing university <laughs> while writing those because I had to like come up with something and then I had to like format it. But people well, seem to like them. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah, you did some pretty incredible work. This is a little bit more straightforward than Pop yes. Team Epic though. Um, Yona of the Dawn is a uh, shoujo action adventure series that has been running in Hanato Yume since 2009. Um the Japanese release is currently at 27 volumes. The English version is being put out by Viz's Shoujo Beat line, um, and it started not long after the anime broadcast in the U.S. Um, and the anime ran from fall 2014 through winter 2015, uh, animated by Studio Piero. It doesn't really have a particularly interesting or storied history, as far as I know. <laughs> it's pretty straightforward. Um, but I have been a big fan of it ever since, like, since the anime started running. Um, and it was just like, this is my shit. Just inject this directly into the veins. This is the sort of series that got me into anime. Um, that unfortunately they don't really make a lot of anymore. They don't make a lot of adventure shoujo shows anymore um which is too bad because i love them so much and yona of the dawn was exactly what i've been craving and what i have never stopped craving and what i continue to crave um and after the anime ran i started buying the manga and i still buy the new releases every two months when they can come out it's not a particularly interesting or exciting history like we have with some of the watch alongs but oh well um peter and gabo like do you have like any did you go into this with any prior knowledge or expectations i guess for me i watched the first episode when it first came out like was it two years ago two or three and um i thought the first episode was like (laughs) kind of generic so i didn't watch anymore but then i as the season went on like my friends got more and more into it and i was like this seems cool but i I never just started watching it again, but I've been hearing great things about it. It's a rough first episode. Yeah, it's a little. It's it 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 sort of undercuts undersells the show a bit. I for a long time got Yona mixed up with Snow White with the red hair. Oh, um, easy mistake. <laughs> I can see why because they are both about they're both fantasy series about redheads and they're pretty contemporaneous. I think they came out very close to each other. Uh, I, I very much liked uh, Twelve Kingdoms, and uh, so I am interested in both Yona and Snow White with the red hair as 
um, other adventure shoujo series. Uh, I don't... Neither is Isekai, though, are they? No. Yeah, yeah. Snow White with the red hair isn't really an adventure series okay. either. Uh, D's been trying to sell it in a variety of ways to me, so... Um, but yeah, uh, if it could capture any of the magic of Twelve Kingdoms, which is probably one of my favorite anime, then um, I was definitely interested. So, that's the extent of my knowledge. So, do you feel like so far it has uh, it's on track to do that? Mm, I would not. I mean, that we're, we're early yet, uh, but I feel like it's gotten kind of a more... It honestly reminds me more of Fushigi Yugi um, than... 12 kingdoms so far i mean there are definitely think... some similar elements and <laughs> there's that like flash forward um mm-hmm. so i'm eager to see what happens when he gets into it but i think uh kind of 12 kingdoms had a very unique start and kind of this really like grim feeling about it whereas yona is, is a lot more of that like kind of set up social relationships and like has that alternating like normal character designs and kind of like the goofy joking around character designs that I'm much more familiar with in shoujo series. Um, I think the Fushigi Yugi comparison is really fair. Uh, I, a lot of people made that, myself included. Um, I Now I don't think... I think the comparison is unfair to Fushigi Yugi because Fushigi Yugi is, does some different things, but I'm not going to get into that whole thing right now. Um, but definitely, like, when Yona came out, it's like, oh, it this is doing the same thing as Fushi Yugi, but better. Um, and it's definitely a less messy show. Um, but I love both of them a lot. Um, so shall we, shall we get into it? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Sounds good. Yeah. So, like, the show did have a really, really slow start. Um. I feel like that first flash forward in the first episode is almost like, hey, we know how this works. <laughs> yeah. We know how we know how Yona comes across, but bear with us. Yeah, stick with it, please. You'll get some. She'll, it gets better pretty quick. She, she does a lot yeah. of growing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, I, the, through the first episode, I was really concerned. But then, uh, like, the, it was dramatic, the increase. Because, like, even the dialogue was just, like, I think she and Hawk got in a fight. And then her father's like, you shouldn't treat that way, both of you being childhood friends and him being one of my top five generals, of course. <laughs> I was like, geez, yeah. that's the most elegant way you could uh, throw in all that character information. But yeah, after after two, I was like, oh, okay, that was just them trying to get right into the meat of things as quickly as possible. Yeah. Uh, my, um, my general rule is that yeah. like, if you start doing like super deformed antics before you've established like the stakes in the show, like in the first episode or who anyone really is, like that's kind of a bad sign and that's what the show does and that's why I was turned away, but that like dropped really, really quick and got like right into the drama really fast. Yeah, it almost it like spends a lot of time, I think, on the character setup, not just in the first episode, but the first few episodes, like the third episode was like two thirds flashbacks to their childhood. And I get what they were doing, but I think they didn't need to do that much with it. Um, it's, they say show don't tell, but it was a lot of showing in a 24 episode show. Um, when you could be getting to like the actual plot. Um, well, I, I kind of I, I kind of sympathize because the the 
it's obviously trying to tell a story where all the uh, Yona Hawk and uh, uh, Suwon are like really close childhood friends, have a lot of uh, history together, and you really need to establish that because of what happens. Um, but you also, what happens is like the hook that drives the plot and like the adventure and all the interesting stuff. So you have to like balance the actual events of the story that are the appeal with showing people why his betrayal is so significant and traumatizing to Hawk and Yona. Yeah. 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 And like, I don't know. I have really mixed feelings because the first, I think like the first episode in particular, like, you know, Gabo, you said it drove you away. And I think it had that effect on quite a few people. Um, But I also think like a lot of that setup does drive a lot of the emotional payoff. Um, it's real, like, they put a lot of work into establishing that Yona is a very silly, spoiled, kind of shallow person at the beginning. Like, she gets everything she wants except for Sumon. And it's not, like, dismissive of her feelings. Um, like, it's it, it, it strikes a really good balance between, like, she is spoiled. Like, and all she really thinks about is like really just like superficial things. Uh, and her, her father is incredibly indulgent without being like, Oh, you silly girl. Like you're just in love with this boy who you can't have. And that's ridiculous. Cause her love for Sumon is really, really important to the show. Yeah. And it's not like Um, a shallow infatuation. Well, I think it's like a young infatuation, but they do like even beyond the romantic angle, they do care about each other deeply. So it's not right. just like a, a crush sort of leading her in this way, which helps. Yeah, and it wasn't just because he's hot either. Yeah. It was because they mm-hmm. like he'd been nice to her and helped her overcome her mother's death and stuff. So he was definitely like present, and there were aspects of his character that she loved, not just like that's the hottest guy around. And he's sweet to Yeah, he's yeah. a like, nice guy he's, until... He's a nice guy. Until... Yeah. Well... <laughs> well... He seems like a nice guy. I mean, even even Hawk likes him, too. They're, they're all best friends, so it's yeah. it's obvious he's, like, a really stand-up cool dude, especially when there's a lot of, apparently, uh, shit heels in court trying to suit her. Um, like, the- there was... There was that one flashback in, like, later in the episodes where Suwon was like, I don't want everything, Hawk. I want you. Whoa, like, Whoa! Yeah, I noticed that. I was like... Hmm. <laughs> but anyway, um, and you know, it's the kind of show where it doesn't feel like like silly, like ship shipping to like get that impression yeah. too. I'm curious to see where that'll go. Whether they'll play into it a little more. Yeah, yeah, and it's like the show is just like it. Like I said, it is so. It is everything. That I ever want in an anime, uh, well, except for a conclusive ending, Rit. which you know the manga's working on, but it is like perfect. Like Yona's such a great heroine; she does so much growing during the show, um, and you can like you kind of start to see that in the um, towards the end of the stretch. All of the character relationships are really, like, satisfying and well thought out. The world is, the like, the polit- the world is really, like, well developed. Um, and, like, there's a lot of 
we don't get into this yet, but uh, I will say like the sort of the sociopolitical elements of the world is are really like really well thought out and like researched and considered um and just like you know the character growth and the character relationships it's everything i want in a fantasy series why can't we have more shoujo like this i want them to do they uh, should do red river with mappa god yeah and i've literally been hollering for exactly this mappa red river series directed by if not Sa- sayo yamamoto although do the huh? banana fish director the free lady yeah, Utsumi would be great for it. Oh, like some like a female director. Uh, although Yona doesn't have a female director, but um, like a female director who who really gets the sort of the bodice ripper appeal of it. Oh, but we're not talking about nope. Red River. Uh, maybe someday we'll talk about a Red River anime. I, but today we're talking about Yona. I was wondering how much of the manga does this uh, anime cover? Let me pull a random volume off of my shelf. It's interesting to hear it so long. It's su- yeah, it's still running, and it's at twenty-seven volumes. It's it's definitely an epic. Okay. I don't have any random volumes on my shelf because I lent them to my friend. It's like Shoujo Kingdom. Yeah, and it is um, like the setting is a little bit different. It's sort of most sources I looked at said it takes cues from a lot of like the east asian setting of the time period but the most like obvious visual like the most obvious one is korea uh like they have korean names and like their clothes like yona wears a hanbok um by the way to any uh korean speaking listeners i apologize if i mutilate any of the names um, when like people were, I saw people having a discussion online when they were like trying to figure out what Yona, what the name Yona means. It's like, I can't find anything about it. Like in there and it doesn't have kanji. So, uh, like, I can't just look up the kanji. It's like, guys, it's a Korean name. It means Lotus. Yeah. Like those names are all super Korean. If you've ever like known a Korean person. Yeah. Which I did know a, a lot of Korean people in high school. Cause I went to a gifted program in LA. Yay. Um, <laughs> so, but how do you guys feel about uh, Yona so far? Uh, what I really like about her is that she feels like a balance between, like, there seems to be, like, two types of generic heroines for this sh- this type of show. There's, like, the super girly, like, damsely one who's, like, there's the princess type and there's the warrior type. And I think Yona's, like, mm-hmm. a good balance between the two because of her watching like the development of the princess type into the warrior type without like sacrificing mm-hmm. so far like her feminine qualities or like repudiating that in a way that's not it's yeah. not mary sue-ish like she's not like a fainting damsel or like i'm the ultimate badass princess who uh, was taught all martial arts by my dad mm-hmm. yeah it's never like it's never really presented that she's wrong like for caring about fashion like her clothes or her hair or like she does because she is so spoiled and she was never really given anything else to care about um she never had any other reason to care about things but not that she is like a bad person because she is interested in these things just or like being girly is a is a bad thing for her it's just that is been her life so far (laughs) because that is 
sort of what she's been set up to do. Yeah. And I think I, they kind of portray it through the light of that's the type of life that her father wanted for her, which is why he mm-hmm. avoids it, like international conflict and stuff like that. He wants his people to live in peace. So she is able to live in kind of a setting where she doesn't need to worry about like an opposing army or something like that, at least, you know, <laughs> at the beginning. So I, I feel like that was kind of part and parcel to like the, the lifestyle was kind of part of her father's ideal. Yeah. And she's not going to be queen. Whoever she marries will become king. I mean, she will be queen, but it's sort of the implication that, like, she doesn't need to worry about it because she's going to be set up to marry someone who can run the, who knows how to run the country. Well, we'll see how that turns out. I do think, um, Peter, there's, like, some parallels between Yona and Yoko in 12 Kingdoms at the start. Hmm. You think so? Because they're both... I think so. Like, not totally, but they're both sort of thrown. Obviously, Yoko didn't have a hawk figure, but they're both sort of torn out of these lives that they've known and thrown into this, like, terrifying, totally unfamiliar situation where they kind of have to survive. Um, and the every the whole world just seems hostile to them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... I say, well, I, I, I guess Yoko couldn't really defend herself. It was mostly her, whatever that ghost guy was. God, why did I forget his name? Uh, so if Hawk is kind of the allegory for that, it's sort of... Um, there's definitely kind of like a... And I think this is pretty common of Isekai, even though Yona's not an Isekai, where, you know, you're kind of thrown into the the traumatizing experience and maybe the first half of the first season is just literally, like, kind of coming to terms with where you are and that this is your new life and you have to make the best of it, which mm-hmm. is why right at the end we got her... Uh, her big moment. By the way, you didn't tell me that Yona was based in the world of One Piece. What? I mean, that was obviously Emperor Hockey she was using to make the guys unable to attack her. To make the oh, what? I thought she was using the Mystic Eyes of Medusa from Fate Stay Night. Uh, it could have been. It could it could be a Fate series oh. too. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, Emperor Hockey make, makes people foam at the mouth and fall over or unable uh, to attack. So I guess that guy was strong willed. It's been a very long time since I've watched or read well i've never watched one piece it's been a very long time since i've read one piece mm. i did think that was interesting by the way that that fire general um who was introduced in that flashback earlier is sort of coming after her uh, yeah he actually was very upset that he believed that he was responsible for her death and didn't want to kill her i think in most series they probably would have just made that guy a cackle fiend yeah yeah um, that's what i was thinking like they had the scene yeah. for him yeah, he was, he was like, really upset and wanted to, like, get some sort of punishment for, like, uh, getting them killed. I mean, he was obviously ambitious and an and asshole, um, but I think it kind of made me wonder if the series... Well, that ends with uh, Suwon, how much the series is going to try to sort of portray everyone, especially the villains, as complex individuals who aren't entirely evil, because... You can definitely go that way with a shoujo like this, too. Like the bad guy in um, Fushigi Yuki, if I recall Nakago. correctly. He's just kind of straight up evil. Yeah, uh, Nakago. And there's not too yeah, much complexity well, to that. The thing with Nakago is that the show, by the end when the show sort of gives the tragic flashbacks, it's, by that point it's kind of like, cool motive, still 
still murder and rape and all that sort of stuff. Um, and Yona definitely goes for something a lot more complicated than that. Yeah. I guess to me that scene and like the scenes like it really exemplify like Yona's like biggest strength is that it's like it's like very much this type of show, but it takes like enough more effort to the characterization to like give it a lot of like extra oomph so far. Like other moments like that are like mm-hmm. how seriously like it treats the friendship between like uh, Yona, Hawk, and Suwon. Like it could have just made him like, ha ha ha, I'm the traitor. I fooled you all these years, but you know he's like really torn up about it. Or even like the the like retainer guy who like dies in episode two. I forgot his name. Oh yeah, yeah. He just he got he got murdered. That was pretty gruesome, actually. The one who pretended to be her and ran off and just like died from eight arrows getting shot into him. Yeah, that's that's Minsu. Yeah, and and there is like even though he's such like a minimal character, there is a sense of loss there. Like she just saw this person who genuinely cared about her sacrifice his life for yeah, her. It's... Like and it instead of it him being just sort of like you know this random character who gets killed to sort of show the stakes in the first episode it's like a real moment of realization for yona that's like this is happening this is like people are dying people are dying for me yeah and there's going to be like mortal consequences later on for sure so it definitely sets it and the production gives it a good sense of gravitas too i think that's the point where i realized like oh the first episode was weak but like the show does have some chops once it like sort of sets them up yeah, I think that was the moment. Uh, well, uh, the whole, like, her walking in on the murder scene and that scene uh, kind of, like, were my first step, like, my, my, what would I call that? Like, my recovery breath, where I was, like, going, is this actually not good? But then those two scenes, I was like, oh, okay, okay, okay. It's, it's definitely doing some cool stuff. And then there's, we haven't talked a lot about Hawk. Hawk. Who is, who is kind of a controversial You mean the boyfriend? Character. My boyfriend. Yeah. Mr. Boyfriend. (laughs) He is your type. In fate, the fate universe, he would be a Lancer. What would Yona be? Yona be an archer, I guess. From the spoiler flashback. Yeah. Yona would be an archer. (laughs) But, um, so, like, when I, when I sort of do my stuff about um, abusive boyfriends in shoujo, Hawk comes up a lot. And you can sort, like, I don't necessarily agree but you see the sort of stuff that um gets that sort of gets him that that uh I can reputation see how, in these I guess episodes I can see how he's seen as that like the worst thing he ever does is uh i think it's in the fifth episode when he's like i'm leaving you unless you can pay me with your body and it's like i think it's pretty obvious to me that like that was just an attempt to drive her off rather than a real thing yeah yeah it was yeah. posturing but like um, he's just kind of brood and bickering. To me, it's nothing, like, serious. It's just, like, they've known each other forever. This is how you'd act with someone you'd known forever. Yeah. Right. It just seemed like that was the kind of friendship they had where they, like, are always fighting and making up. And it's never really, like, it never came across as, like, serious stuff. Yeah, like, I mean, I just had a friend move to Seattle who, like, I knew in college. So I've known known them for, like, almost ten years. It's, like... We just hurl insults at each other constantly. Like, that's just their... But when the going gets tough, like, they're Um, they're all for each other. Like, no hesitation. mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I I like Hawk. I think he is... It is important to have someone like him by Yona's side. 
And I think that if it had been just a someone who who was just kind to her, like it could have been a little bit saccharine. Yeah. Does does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, like also girls like that. Let them have the fantasy of like the gruff, slightly rude boy. Some, some, some girls, girls like, like that. that. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't normally like that, but like Hawk, I don't know. Hawk is hot. Um, he get, he popped off too. He got some some serious sakuga like two or three times, especially oh in episode my God. six. I was like, the damn, this is like the best fight animation I've seen in a shoujo series. It's in, that that fight scene where he's fighting the fire tribe is incredible. Like, I on um, like I didn't remember I didn't didn't remember it from like the first first couple times I watched it, but just like the way like there was real weight. To like how he was swinging around his like what what would you call that kind of weapon? So it's, it's a type uh, of lance. I know it's a, a big pole, halberd, like yeah. pole arm. A halberd or glaive or oh, glaive, yeah, I'd see. Yeah, would would you call probably it like, like a we'll I'd call it glaive. probably like a yeah. Korean name for. I'm glaive. sure it's got some sort of yeah. I'm um, sure it's got an actual name that somebody's gonna tell us. But yeah, I'll look it up in like five minutes when the episode is done. <laughs> But, like, when he's, like, there's a real sense of weight to it. Because that looks like a mm-hmm. heavy weapon. Or, like, when he's stumbling because he got shot with the poison arrow and it's starting to take effect. Like, you feel, like, every bit of impact to it. Yeah, I was, that's what I was thinking watching it. They kind of do these really interesting, and we're just talking about animation right now. <laughs> uh, they do this, <laughs> they, like, yeah, the, the beginning of the swing is really slow, and then he suddenly, like, snaps out, and then it takes a long time to recover again, so you get the feeling, like, it's just this really heavy bladed object that he is somehow moving supernaturally fast, and that's why people get knocked away when they get hit by it. So I think they really kind of conveyed the the reason why. What do they call him? Lightning something. Lightning hawk or lightning, are, like, lightning or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, the yeah. Th- uh, thunder beast. Okay. It kind of gave the uh, a good visual indicator as to why that he was called that, which I think was pretty nice. I, I, you don't usually get, um, I don't want to say you don't usually get. It's cool when they can include like a thoughtful visual representation of something that is kind of just portrayed verbally in the manga. Uh mm-hmm. And I think they kind of sold that really well. Yeah. Oh, the part where he swings around his neck. Oh, it's so cool. <laughs> it's just a, such a good fight scene. Yeah, that really, that kind of uh, set my expectation for future fights. So I hope they, <laughs> they keep it up. Well, I looked it up and that is the only episode that Animator worked on because somehow I ended up in a Sakuga Discord channel. I'm not sure exactly, like literally by accident. But... <laughs> We've all been down that black hole. Did you just like <laughs> click a random spam link and it was like you were buying your like erectile dysfunction no, like, pills, but it was a thing to the Saki Discord? I'll, I'll tell you about okay. it later, but uh, <laughs> I don't regret being in there so far. Yeah, I mean it's not bad. It's just you. It like it's very dataful. You dataful. Uh, you. Yeah, yeah. You once once you start trying to find out some sort of important piece of Saki information. Next thing you know, you're like looking at 30 different people's names and trying to find out who did what cut in which episode. Yeah, it's yeah. just kind of a scary road yeah. to go down. Yeah, it's, it's, very, it's a uh, time commitment. It, it's very curative. Yeah. And I'm generally more into transformative fandom. But anyway, but like, yeah, I think and Hawk and, and Yona have a really good relationship. I think like we were talking about how he's like, they're obviously close friends. Uh obviously he's like the obvious love interest for yeah, her too 
Um, I also like, um, he's a good version of, like, I guess the gruff love interest archetype, like, because the mean, his meanness is pretty mild. So it's, it's just playful. And also, like, he seems to already like her. He's rude. He's, he's rude. He's rude. Like, he's not cruel. Yeah. He's, he's just, like, he's, he's he's rude to her. He's being sued Yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> he's rude to Yeah. Yeah. Like, the part where he, where, um, they're, like, she's trying to convince him to let her go with her. And he's like, you know, and he's doing his whole thing. Like, oh, well, maybe you should pay me with your body and like eventually she just stands and she looks at him looks him in the eye she's like i want you hawk yeah that was a good moment and he just like sits down on the ground it's like oh he's turned on by this huh Ooh. he is tur- like he's right. turned on yeah by maybe him. that's he's why he uh, he's always uh picking on her so that she'll like hit him or something that's the objective yeah <laughs> is the response i think matters. i follow a bunch of hawks on twitter <laughs> <laughs> yeah lots of oh lots of God. hawks in the anime fandom <laughs> Jesus Christ. yeah i don't yeah i oh. he's you definitely get that a lot i've seen that a lot in shoujo where like the gruff dude is just like when you just kind of step back and think about it they're just fucking abusive but mm-hmm. i i think he's pretty just kind of um very uh short and mostly it's just comes off as him trying not to act like he has the hots for her, which is pretty obvious. I mean, it's, yeah. they, they basically said he does already. So that's just kind of his way of maintaining his distance. And it's kind of just a back and forth that they're very familiar with and neither one has a problem with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely, like, I don't, not necessarily equal because, like, she's the princess and he's her retainer, but... Consensual. Um... <laughs> and mostly harmless. Like, again, the worst thing he ever said was... Like a clearly a pretty transparently like a lie to get her it's, to back off. Yeah, it's mu- it's yeah. mutual. It's um, it's very like everything. They can they both like it's a lot. It's a lot of give and take between the two of them. Yeah, that's interesting. Which I don't though, have a problem with. I just before that he was getting a short sword and a bow and arrow, right? And mm-hmm. then he's like, I'm going to leave by myself. And I'm like, who's the short sword and the bow and arrow for? Oh, <laughs> Who would possibly use I never thought about a fucking that. short sword and a bow and arrow since you have a lance? Are you going to start shooting people? Well, he doesn't. <laughs> oh. I feel like he kind of just was hedging his bets or knew that he was going to get owned or something. No, he, Yeah, no, he like he definitely knew that what was going to happen. I never, I never thought of that. That's a good point. Good observation. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you see her shooting the bow later, and I was like, okay, I guess that's where she gets it. Uh, although I don't know why he's buying it now. And now mm-hmm. we know. And then we have, like, the third... Uh, the the third part of their childhood friend trio, Suwon. I love X-1999. What the fuck is with Suwon? Uh, I actually think... I, I really like kind of the setup that they had, because I feel like... Uh, I mean, we don't know. I know everything about his backstory and what motivated him to betray um, the king yet, although it seems like maybe the king... I feel like Suwon was probably lied to about the king killing his... Was his dad, dad. or his mom? His, his dad. dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that just, like, her dad has been pretty firmly established as, like... I guess more could be revealed later, but even, like, in his character design that he's very kind of, like... Um, unassuming, but in a way where he is kind of very dedicated to, uh, his, like, you know, peaceful way that's not really respected. I actually, I, I like her dad a lot. 
So it'll suck if it turns out he was an asshole. Um, <laughs> but I feel like he's lied to and been manipulated, and he honestly feels like this is the only way, not making excuses for him or anything. But in, in effect, I feel like the story is trying to set up to show that he actually really fucked himself over. Because yeah. I feel like if he did nothing, then she would have convinced her dad to let her marry him. Because that's literally what she was trying to do right then. And then he would have gotten everything he wanted without uh, murdering her, his best friend's dad, and, like, basically not being friends with his childhood friends anymore. Yeah. Kind so, of thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it was just so that's my dumb prediction. blood food nonsense, like, ruined the whole thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although I'm curious to see more backstory um, about, like, the dad kind of, he looks like a doofus, but that guy is clearly something is going on in the background. Whether he's good or bad, I don't know, yeah. but he clearly, like, has some motivation in... Everyone thinks he's an idiot, but he he, he knows something. I like... <laughs> I like how um, Suwon's dad looks like a character out of, like, Kingdom or, like, another some other sort of, like, very, like, a military anime or manga. Yeah. Actually, when he was uh, introduced, that was, like, one of the, like, I was making... I was kind of, like... I'm not doing this intentionally, but I was kind of, like, I guess making up a list in my head of things that I was like were concerning me about the series and one of them was her dad's character design who was just so fucking basic and bland yeah. and I was like is he he seems like an important character why does he just look like somebody who should be standing in the background um but it really kind of like once you find out more about him it's like almost perfect for the type of person that he is like mm-hmm. his whole deal is you don't think much of him but he's actually kind of a strong guy when it comes down to it and his, like, that's, you can see why people think that of him both in the way that he acts and the way that he looks. Like, literally a background character wearing a crown. I thought that was, like, I actually really respect the character design now. Yeah. Um, Mizuho Kusanagi is very good. Um, ah, I forgot to mention the name of the original manga writer, Mizuho Kusanagi. It's a uh, kick-ass name. Yeah, well, she probably picked it herself. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure most oh, manga writers don't write under their real yeah. name. I know, yeah, most people probably aren't named Kusanagi. Yeah, that's either. like almost a Ghost Michelle name. And this is like one of the three like yeah. Imperial prizes or something that you get yep. from like the Imperial Gachapon machine. <laughs> <laughs> and only, only three <laughs> options, 33% chance. Yeah. You get the sword, the mirror, the gems. Um, <laughs> What? Uh, it's the, the Imperial yeah. Regalia. You know the Sailor Moon, the outer planets? Like, why they have the gem, the sword, and the mirror? I haven't watched Well, there them. are, like, three, oh, like, shit. Imperial, like, objects for, like, the Japanese Imperial crown thing. And okay. Yeah, there's the mirror oh. that Amaterasu saw herself in and got scared. Uh, <laughs> the okay. sword, and I don't remember what the gems have Maybe, like, I think anything. it's the moon. I think the Suzano is, like, the sword or something. Yeah, that would make sense. And then Tsukiyomi had yeah. the gems. Moon drops. We may be completely okay. wrong, just <laughs> yeah. by the way, so don't cite this on your Japanese culture final. Yeah. <laughs> Love going off topic. Darn. I, use, <laughs> I do all my research through uh, off-the-cuff comments in podcasts. Oh, that's why I knew about it. It's from it's Zelda. It's always oh, from okay. Zelda games. Because uh, you have the, the Master Sword, the Mirror Shield, and then you collect the, the gems. People always talk about like the kind of parallels all right well yeah. this is a tangent yeah a little bit <laughs> i don't remember how we got um, into this yeah no yona's dad is a really good example of like how they do a lot of a lot of development with a little like mm-hmm. um they they do a lot of um 
a lot of showing about the kind of person he is like clearly like he has a kind of a, a kind of strength that people don't really give him credit for but at the same time he has spoiled his princess rotten uh he never married again because he or produced another child because um even though arguably as the king he should because he didn't want anything to happen to um Yona. to to well to or yona or to like anyone else like in his family like he's like if this is the risk that my found like you are taking by being part of my family then i'm not gonna like have anyone else be in my family um so but at the same time like he'll like grab a sword by the hand to stop people from like get getting out of hand and hurting each other in a fight yeah over yeah well over his daughter's honor uh, so like he is a complicated person um so yeah like and um he's you do kind of learn more about him as the series goes um the manga as far as i've read and like i said i'm up with the u.s releases up to the u.s they haven't really explained why exactly uh suwon's dad was passed over to inherit the throne and why king il was chosen well so um, it's they're still fighting suwon in the manga now yes Damn. well okay. it's it is it is an epic yeah, yeah. like the manga is is an epic and that is sort of the big like the the big thing that is happening in the not background but like they're slowly working towards that yeah it really reminds me of um what's the thing hiromu arakawa is doing right now arslan? uh arslan yeah it's like female arslan it's female korean arslan and the Korea aesthetic is cool. I wish, like, the show's the show looks mostly pretty good, but it's, like, art design is really generic, which is one of the things that sort of held back the first episode before, like, the cool scenes kicked in. I wish, like, we could get, like, a really mm-hmm. nice, like, Korea fantasy live show. Well, I know that in that time period, it's, like, the, the Three Kingdoms period of Korea. There was a lot of sort of cross-cultural influence between Korea and China and japan to a lesser extent Mm. so there was like if i were more educated in east asian art history it's entirely possible there would be like a lot of cool background details that like i'm not picking up on but i don't know i know that i know that they're wearing hanbox um or like well hanbox are like the dresses but like I know I can identify Yona's clothes as being Korean. I haven't seen more traditional male Korean clothes, but I assume the like I I'm assuming the same thing. I think the Wind Tribes look is really cool with the beaded like the beads and the feathered headbands. Yeah, it's definitely yeah I I could sense that it was going for well I mean the names were kind of a dead giveaway but I I felt like it was kind of a hybrid korean aesthetic that it was going for i like the tiny mm-hmm. crown thing that like the black haired general who works with suwon was wearing so it's like does he like have a like a do he like have a hairband under there to be like pin it there that's all i can think, I think they're probably pinned. yeah but I, I it's interesting that uh they're still going because I, I get the feeling that 
And that's encouraging to know that they're still fighting Suwon in the manga, because I feel like there's a lot going on with him. Uh, even even like the the small scenes you get with him, even though he like murders her dad, it definitely seemed like kind of a he felt like it was a necessity, and all of his attention since then has been not on like killing them to erase the evidence of what he's doing, but he wants to consolidate power, and it doesn't seem like he wants to do that so much to solidify his rule as to make sure that he can protect the country. So it seems like he kind of wants to be a good ruler at the end of the day as well, uh, which really kind of uh, meet, like probably means that there's a lot more to be revealed with Yona's father as well. So you can definitely mm-hmm. see it's it's hinting that there's like kind of a either a really huge misunderstanding or some like big manipulations going on that drove uh, Suwon to betray Yona and kill her father. Yeah. Because he, he still seems like a fundamentally maybe a good person who feels like he, he has had, like he, this had to happen. He had to do these things. There was no choice or he had to make the hard decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's interesting because he stands there and says like the Subon you knew never existed. Like he act like he says that like he is always sort of been plotting this in the background and his friendship with them and his bond with them was entirely fake. But the flashbacks, like the flashback to his conversation with Hawk didn't really give that impression. Like it was very authentic. And his reaction when they think that Yona is, is dead is like, he's, he's shaken. Yeah. To me, that really came off as him trying to distance himself from them, maybe to save their feelings instead of his. So that they wouldn't feel like maybe they were betrayed by a friend or they wouldn't try to reach out to him, but they could like think of him as an enemy and that would make things simpler. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Mm. Maybe. Okay. Sometimes I say maybe Implying. because I know what's coming, but I don't want to spoil things. And sometimes I say maybe because I genuinely that, don't know, okay. which is it here. Cool. Who knows? Yeah, I'm excited for them to start accruing the party members. The yeah. Um, I think there's there's at least one party member, Gabo, that I think you will oh. really like. The chipmunk. Well, yeah. <laughs> where's the, the chipmunk? chipmunk yes. what, what episode does the chipmunk appear? I'm curious. Um, I am not sure. Well, you know, I love I Rescue that. Rangers. That's, that's the one I'm waiting for. Yeah. <laughs> oh, damn. Same. Yeah. Is it a Rescue <laughs> Ranger? Yeah. If you wear a Hawaiian shirt. Yeah. Um. No. She, the oh, chipmunk's okay. a girl. That's okay. sexist making those assumptions. I apologize. I have to... Tell chipmunks. <laughs> How could I think you? you have to erase this podcast now. You're excommunicated. I didn't see that. Oh, yeah. Didn't you just record a podcast yeah. before this? <laughs> I so guess we did. I'm... No, it's cool. I'm... I got my vibe. I'm not quite sure how I felt about it showing her, like, squad in the beginning. I think they, I definitely feel like they did it because they wanted you to know that there was going to be lots of fighty stuff later and that she was going to shoot people with her bow and arrow and stuff. But um, I almost like feel like in this kind of setup that giving that away, I, 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 I don't know. I'm not sure what like the, the way they would hook you in the beginning is, if not that. It's kind of unfortunate. I mean, I think that's sort of the standard for this sort of series like i don't want to say like reverse harem because but like the sort of series where it's like one central female character gathering um a group of people 
uh, as part of like as part of the series plot. Like it's it's those generally like they're all of the characters are in the opening theme song. Fushiki y- Yugi did it. Um, there's just there's a lot more to it than like just like who's the next one going to be. Um, yeah, uh, and uh, but in. Uh, in this one, it was kind of like, oh, is Hawk going to die? It's like, well, no, there's a scene where he's with the squad later on because uh, it kind of shows it in context of an event as opposed to just showing all the characters that will be in the show at one point in an opening sequence. You know what I mean? Because, yeah. like, in Fushigi Yugi, there are character deaths and those people are in the opening, but you don't know who's going to die because it doesn't show them, like, all together necessarily in a scene until they're all together in a scene chronologically. So, like, like you, you're... you're Talk and Yoda fall off the cliff, but you know they're both going to be fine because she shoots a dude with a bow and arrow later while all of them are leaping into a ring and killing those guys. So, I mean, that's, that, that doesn't necessarily ruin it or anything, but I feel like the story could have uh, kept some more dramatic tension by not doing that. Uh, I, I say this, but I can't really think of a better way they could have done it. Honestly, um, like, what I'm really curious about so. referencing, like, Yona's badassery is, like, are her eyes magic or is she just, like, that badass that she could prevent several people from killing her? Just by staring at I'm telling you, it's, em- it's... it's Emperor Hockey. There's, this is, it's a, it's a known oh, yeah. power system. I forgot the mystic. No, Earth. Hawk is the boyfriend. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Emperor He will Emperor be Emperor Hawk, Hawk yeah, eventually. Okay. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's the OTP. I mean, I think I can, I think I can say right now that it is pretty much just like Whoa. charisma. Yeah. Um, It's not like a special superpower as far as I know. The manga's still going, so, like, it could be something supernatural. Uh, who knows? Not, not, it is not super fa- supernatural as far as I know. I'm not sure how I felt quite about that. I did like her interfering just by literally running up and tackling the guy so he fell into the ravine. I thought <laughs> that was a, a cool way of uh, just surprise attacking them. Um, I'm hoping that, I, I don't, just, like, staring people down seems like kind of a weird thing but i definitely know she shoots people later so i'm down for that i'm gonna say this is the best fire emblem anime i've ever seen Uh, i want to play the game but i like the anime oh is it like tactical or do you just like press the button to like give the boys gifts oh the fushigi yuki game oh yeah that's not what i want i want to play like boyfriend chess versus dragons (laughs) (laughs) probably be uh go in this case There is no. There's that, no, that's my favorite um, phone app. Um, I just yeah, yeah, made by. I, I actually just like <laughs> take pictures of guys I like, and then put them in a file in a folder in my computer. Okay. That seems that isn't that what that game is about? Yeah, it's boyfriend go. I gotta capture all the boyfriends by. I mean, I want to play Awakening because I think Crom seems like he my does type, seem like your so, type. Like no shade. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the confirmation. Yeah. <laughs> um, I lost my train of thought. Yeah, Yona finished. So we, yeah, we finish up this uh, this stretch of episodes with Yona getting the uh, plot significant haircut, falling off a cliff, uh, avoiding a panty shot because uh, traditional Korean clothes wear pant dresses have pants underneath. Um, well, when, when that would that happen? When she was falling off the cliff? Yeah, it okay. showed like a well, you get an upskirt because she's diving headfirst towards stone. Yeah. Okay. 
Listen, there are, you know there are anime that are like They're, classless enough. To yeah, play. yeah. There are definitely anime that would have taken advantage of that horrific moment to. There is like one nudity scene, but it's like she's bathing afterwards, and Hawk gives her her clothes, and it's like not gazy, but it's mm-hmm. clearly supposed to be like, oh, he's respectful of her, while also there is tension between them. Yeah, and then he's like, oh wait, yeah. she's naked. The leeches uh, were kind of a mood yeah. too. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Well, you know, for for most, I did people, like that there was like he didn't also just be like, "Oh, naked," when she was like injured and needed help like that. So as, a, mm-hmm. as far as naked scenes go, it like helped the dynamic and was like just like tense enough he's, to like help the romance while being practical. He's very respectful yeah. when it counts. He also, ha- you know, I'm sure like he got that all beaten out of him by world's greatest grandpa, yeah. Moon Dog. Moon Dog, that's my favorite. Uh, who is awesome. Right. <laughs> I mostly bring him up because I wanted to say, call him the world's greatest grandpa. Yeah, he doesn't sell you out to the bastards who've taken your throne. He, uh, I really, really like his last scene with Yona before she leaves. Where, like, he just, like, gives her a hug and he's like, I can't believe, like, another, like, another grandchild. Like, my other, my, both, two of my grandchildren are, like, going off to do this like he clearly like he loves her a lot and like he just sort of takes in every every like orphan child uh that he that he meets he adopted hawk he adopted that um that little kid he like kind of adopts yona it's very sweet like this show has like really good like father figures not a lot of it has good like figures, gentle but... fathers like mm-hmm. some of them are badass and other ones are just like beanie babies like the king but they're both badass right. in their own way like or and like yona is scared of suwon's dad but like obviously like Su like they love mm-hmm. each other like suwon and his dad like they they love each other a lot is suwon's dad still around i thought he was dead no he's dead they, it was yeah. in the flashback uh, okay 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 Oh yeah, yeah, that's uh, right. He uh, he showed up when she was sick. That's right. That flashback did not need to be that long. Yeah, that was a pretty like the flashbacks. I I I I really do like. I respect what they're doing for setting things up, but I think even if they weren't cut entirely, they could be made a lot shorter. I was okay with it because I was yeah. like, I like these characters. I want to see a little more about like their history together. Mm-hmm. Although they were a bit oddly placed, like. They just were betrayed. Okay, we're going to start the next episode with an extended flashback to them being friends as kids. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. that was a very Black yeah. Clover move. Show, you know, show, well, I, you know, show, like, just sort of the impact of the, the level of the uh-huh. betrayal, right? Yeah. Um, I can't believe Hong, Hang Day is fucking oh, dead. Rip. Rip Hang, rip rip. Hang Day. Wait, which one was he? He was the Wind Tribe. You're ruining the joke, Peter. He's... <laughs> He's the the Wind Tribe guy who um, they kept saying was dead, who was not dead. But one day the Bishonin nation attacked, and the five oh, tribes yeah. up, dirt, wet, hot, now, and air. Now Yona <laughs> the hot tribe. must gather all warriors of she all four elements. She must gather four hot guys. Hands, five elements. Yeah. Eyes. So legs. it's Avatar except boyfriends. Yeah. What okay. Avatar should have been. <laughs> if only Aang was cool. I love Avatar, and I will not hear anything ill about the first series. 
Korra, the criticism, there are fair criticisms and I never finished watching it, but the first, uh, series of Avatar was incredible and I will not let you slander it on. I apologize. Caitlin. (laughs) Um, no, uh, but yeah, so is there anything else that we need to cover that we should talk about that hasn't come up so far? Mm. Feel like we kind of hit all the the big character stuff. Yona just got like her big moment, so I guess we'll see uh, which way she starts growing into soon. Obviously, we're gonna start collecting boyfriends in the near yeah. future, and I I think uh, uh, we're kind of in agreement about there being a lot more to Sunmoon's betrayal. So we're probably I expect we'll get a lot more. I don't want to say he's gonna be like sympathetic, but you'll learn a lot more like why he's doing what he's doing while Yona. Gets ready to kick his ass. I'm really curious about... I think, did we... We met, like, the two brothers at the end of episode six, right? No, so there weren't brothers. They were, um, Iksu... The blonde, the blonde people. Um, yeah, the one, the ones who, who saved oh. Yona. Yeah. Af- and Hawk after they fell off the cliff. Yeah. So they're not brothers. Um, Yoon is the younger one, and he's just a random passing okay. Bishonen. <laughs> no, he's an important character. Um, but that is what he calls himself. And there's Iksu, who is the priest who I think Moondock told mm-hmm. Yon, who told Yona to seek did out. Did they, they mentioned a prophecy. Um, did we like learn what the prophecy was and did I forget it? Okay. No, no. So I'm curious about that. Um, yeah. Yeah. He knew they were going to show up because he is able to see into the future, I guess. Mm-hmm. You can tell because you can't see his eyes uh. and blind characters are oh. prophets. Just like yeah. Jared. And X, Jared. 1999. I suspect... Nothing specific. Is Oracle guy going to be a boyfriend? I wasn't paying attention to the opening. That might, I would If I were going to make a prediction, I'd say, yes, he is boyfriend yep. material. The opening's pretty good, too. I like All sort right. of... It's kind of not super, like original but i like sort of like the epic storytelling like let's list all the boyfriends we're gonna get with action scenes and stuff i i my prediction is the chipmunk will appear in the next six episodes okay yeah <laughs> and that we uh, find out that they're in the country of wano and that she in fact does have emperor hockey are they gonna play hockey they're gonna be emperor hockey h-a-k-i ice hockey it's uh, I had a i had a co-worker named hockey who spelled her name like that but that's neither here nor there. Um, okay. So I think that wraps us up. So that's been our show. Thank you to Gabo for coming and talking to us about Yona. Thank you for having me, guys. Yeah. And we're looking forward to the next episode. So if you enjoyed this episode, uh, go ahead and give us a rating and or review on iTunes. Uh, and also you can help support our site on Patreon. Uh, and help us get that good, good both podcast and uh, written blog entry po- content in your eyes and in your Do ears. it. Do it. Um, we have a lot of projects. We just had our success first successful Indiegogo game, our successful first Indiegogo campaign. Um, and so now that helped raise money for a lot of one-off things that we needed to do and that we wanted to do. And now... We need Patreon money for the recurring costs that we want to uh, get money for for some really big projects, including paying our freelancers more and um, 
getting into video content, all that sort of stuff. So go ahead and don't, if you're not already, we would really appreciate if you could donate to our Patreon at patreon.com slash anime feminist. Um, you can also check out our site, animefeminist.com. You can find us on Twitter at animefeminist. You can find us on Tumblr at animefeminist. And you can find us on Facebook as at animefem? Yep. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I yeah. did it. Yep. All right. Thanks for listening. And... Uh, Insert witty closing line here. Happy New Year, although you won't Happy New listen to this until like halfway through January. Oh, more than that. Because no. <laughs> we still got to get through Escaflowne. Oh, God, yeah. We're bi-weekly uh, now. Happy New Year from the past people in February, Hello, March. People. Happy Valentine's Day or St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, whatever this comes Hello, out. people of the future. I hope things have not gotten worse. <laughs>